Hello and welcome to Buzzing About Romance podcast. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And on this episode of Buzzing About Romance, we are chatting with author Mariah Inkeman. Mariah has been very open to the challenges she faces while being a writer with dyslexia. Um, And she does have some other things that we're going to talk about and dabble in that um, can be good and bad in her writing. (laughs) Um, We're also going to chat with her about her upcoming release, The The Dating Dilemma, which is book two in the Mile High firefighter series leah and i read this over the weekend oh my gosh you guys so funny um mariah welcome to the podcast yay thank you for having me back i'm so happy to be here yeah we had you for a happy hour which was our first introduction to you which was so Mm -hmm. fun and then you joined us for the chaos that was readathon on labor day (laughs) that That was was fun uh we're gonna do it again I yes. already told Carolina. I'm like, Carolina, we're doing this again, right? And she's like, it's, it's it was funny just a random you... idea. <laughs> I'm in. But it's funny that you're like, Carolina is doing it again. Like, well, not me, Carolina. You've made it very clear that you were like, I am not doing it for eight and a half hours. Your kids are too little. That's true. And they are home since it's going to be Labor Day. Labor Day. So I feel kind of like Jerry Lewis telethonish, like doing it, you know, on Labor Day. Do you think? I mean, it's a little, a little telephony, but better, better, <laughs> more fun, better topic. <laughs> way, way more. Uh, much better. <laughs> okay, Leah, read us Mariah's bio. Okay. Best-selling author Mariah Ankenman lives in the beautiful Rocky Mountains with her two rambunct- rambunctious daughters and loving spouse spouse who provides ample inspiration for her heart-stopping heroes. Whether she's writing hometown heroes or sexy supernaturals, Mariah loves to lose herself in a world of worlds. Her favorite thing about writing is when she can make someone's day a little brighter with one of her books. You do. I, and we're going to get to this. I like the meet cute in the wedding date dilemma, like, to this day, I am still giggling and laughing <laughs> about that meet cute. Well, and when they talked about it in this book, like I laughed yeah. really hard because I was just like picturing it all over again. <laughs> so funny. Um, and I do have to tell you, so, and I, and we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast. I have a love hate relationship with book talk, like mm-hmm. mostly a hate relationship. It drives me bonkers, <laughs> but you are my bright spot in book talk. Like, thank you. I love your book talks. One, you're open and you're honest about, you know, being an author and that no one way of being an author is perfect for everyone, that you have to Mm -hmm. find your own journey and that yours was not completely seamless. Oh, no. Perfect. (laughs) Um, And I appreciate that because sometimes, and it's not, it's not all authors and it's not all book talkers, but sometimes it feels kind of judgy or just I don't know like people act like they're an authority and dude you're not shut up (laughs) I don't I don't understand the judging because if we the judging with anything with like the path you take or the books you read like if we all did the same thing life would be so boring so boring so boring I love the variety I love that you know like I'm with small presses, but I have friends who are like self-published and I have other friends who are with the big five and then other friends who are like hybrid authors. And it's awesome that we can all like 
find a way that works for us. And that's all you need to do. You don't mm-hmm. have to follow anybody's, here's my 10 tips for success. No, 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 no. Find your tips for success and just follow those. And it's yeah. okay if you fail, just get back up and try something else. That way didn't work. Try a different way. That's yeah. why it's great. There's so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the, that's the great thing about the, you know, indie publishing movement and the push to the small presses that kind of happened starting in 2010. I mean, there were small presses previous, but they were also being bought up by the big five. And, um, you know, that the movement starting in 2010 with the push for indie publishing and the accessibility to be an indie publisher and get distribution with the dawning of eBooks and all that kind of stuff is really great. And there's so much out there. There is something for everyone So let's stop trying to put everybody in the same box to get there. Agreed. 100% agreed. (laughs) Well, and everyone's success is different, too. Mm -hmm. There's a couple authors that we've talked to that are, they themselves have called themselves hobbyist authors. They Mm -hmm. write romance books, but the one is a teacher, and she doesn't want to give up teaching. She wants to continue to teach you know, for as long as she can, but she still wants to write stories. So for her, two to three books a year is perfect. It balances her out. It gives her something to do. She, you know, she writes great stories, but that works great for her versus you. This is your full-time job. Mm -hmm. This is what you do. And this is your career and your path. And I like that there's space in our world for everyone. Yeah, I agree. I love that. So um, let's, so those who didn't watch either Readathon or The Happy Hour, you can find them still on YouTube. You should go back and watch them. They're a lot of fun. Um, we're going to just ask you some questions to get to know you a little bit. All right. Um, do you have a type of book that is a comfort read for you? Oh, comfort reads. Prob- probably rom-coms. I, I love rom-coms. Anything by Talia Hibbert, Jamie Wesley, or Avery Flynn you just hand me any of their books I am so very happy like the anything that's really character heavy full of sass which I think those three authors excel at like that's where I go and I'm like oh I'm having a bad day I need a book gimme yeah (laughs) I can agree with that I like a rom-com it um it's one of those that especially if you're kind of feeling a bit of a funk you can Mm -hmm. pick one up and it just things are happy i also like mm-hmm. the spicy novellas those always well, yeah. but those we like to call them as palate cleansers <clears throat> so if we're kind of in a book funk like we read really dirty spicy novellas and it usually gets us out of it because there's not a lot of plot in those and sometimes we need that just need to reset mm-hmm. and novellas are nice because they're short you can finish them in like an afternoon so yes. it's mm-hmm. so great yeah um I, I do like a novella. I am a novella fan. Um, so, Mariah, are you a rereader? Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think all these books on my bookshelf chair you can see back there, I think I've read every single one of those at least once. A lot of them like two or three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to I, reread also. I don't do it as much anymore just because I'm so desperate to make sure I – I have FOMO like nobody's business. I don't want to miss out on that next author or, you know, be late to a trend in reading a book. So as soon as I hear about it, I got to read it. So then, 
you know, I don't always get back to the rereads. I'm crazy like that, right? I used to be a big that's, But see, that's why I have you, because like you read them and then you tell me to read them. So right. I don't have to miss out. And then I say, the hype's there. It, it really is this good. Or I say, oh no, don't do it. Don't read it. Don't make you mad. <laughs> I am that friend. I do. I call mm-hmm. you and be like, I know it's on your TBR. Don't read it. Don't, don't read it. Everybody what? needs that friend. What was uh-huh. the thing that Heather posted today on Instagram, Leah? It was so funny. Oh, it um, was. It was about your bookish friends. Like, if you don't, I have about- it right here. Okay. It was the secret to reading more books is to never speak to your bookish friends. They will give you book recommendations, and you will go buy more books instead of reading your huge pile of books. A friend like that. A friend like that. She's gotten me to add so many books to my TBR and it's already like bursting. And I'm just like, Elmo, why? Why? (laughs) I had a dozen books and then you come up with this like dragon shifter cowboy series. And how am I not supposed to buy that? That Right. That sounds very good. I would read that. Right. Yeah. And But see, we've been here on the podcast accused of being book pushers. So we might be those book friends that are blowing up TBRs. Um, there's well, not really the a might. You love them, though. Like, even though you mm-hmm. hate them, you love them because you're like, oh, you're giving me so much good stuff. Oh, I hate you. But I love you. Keep doing it. Well, but the upside, though, is we we read a lot of the same books because then we can talk about them. So it like it works out for everybody. It's, it's our evil mastermind plan to get everybody to read the books we want them to read. <laughs> This is plan. I like it. <laughs> um, and I think I know the answer to this. So I'm curious what you're going to say. What's your favorite type of hero? My guess is a cinnamon roll. Yes, cinnamon roll. Okay. They, I love cinnamon rolls followed by grumps and whiskey sours. I love them. Okay, wait. What's, wait, a, whiskey what's a whiskey sour? sour? Oh, we haven't heard this term yet. Okay, so I was doing um, a live with Avery Flynn and we were talking about those heroes they're not quite like the sweet cinnamon rolls but they're not grumpy they're like sarcastic they're really flirty they're kind of playboys but they're not an alpha hole they're not jerks well because i think this was after we had her on um a happy hour and she said she can't write an asshole and i said she can we said the guy from dating disaster is an asshole (laughs) so he would be the whiskey sour Yes, he's, and that's what we were saying, because we're like, what is that? And Amy Andrews was like, she, she typing in the chat, she's like, that's a whiskey sour. I'm like, oh, whiskey sour, we love it. Yes, I just like that. Because like that's... Ward, he's kind of a whiskey sour. Like he's not an asshole, but no. he's got that sass mm-hmm. and like he flirts like nobody's business and he's not a cinnamon roll. But he's well, and he's jerk. not quite, and he's not quite a stern brunch daddy either. No, mm-hmm. he's you not know. either. Because yeah. that's Andy Christopher's. She likes mm-hmm. the stern brunch daddy. And they're not quite there yet either because they just have that extra. It's not the alpha possessiveness that you would expect mm-hmm. with a stern brunch daddy. It's more of that sarcastic, feisty. Yeah. It's sass, but dude sass. So dude we're like sass. whiskey sours. I love it. Dude sass. I'm all about I do like sass. that. But I that do works. love my cinnamon rolls. Mm. Well, you write a lot of cinnamon roll heroes. I do. I do. <laughs> I married a cinnamon roll. It's kind of my thing. I'm married to a cinnamon roll too, so I get it. They're the best. Mine's kind of a whiskey sour. 
I see the interaction though. Um, and I like a grump too. And boy, Dyson in this coming up book, he's a little grumpy in the start. A little grumpy. But he has a it's great like a grumpy heart. cinnamon roll. He is a grumpy. He is the grumpy cinnamon roll. He's a bit of a stickler for the rules. He, you know, stupid rules. So many rules. So many rules. Rules are made to be broken. Mm-hmm. We like to call them guidelines around here. They're not quite <laughs> like laws, but we kind of follow them. But they're so they're guidelines. But do we? <laughs> do we though? <laughs> um. Okay, so Mariah, why romance? I don't know that we've ever asked you, like, how your journey to romance happened. Oh, yes. So I am a late bloomer to romance. It seems like most people are like, oh, I picked up my grandma's or my mom's when I was 13. I Mm -hmm. was raised in a house where those books were not allowed. So I didn't know anything about romance. I was a fantasy reader as a kid. I was raised on, like, Terry Brooks, you know, straight fantasy, and then, you know, read my fair share of YA stuff. Um, and then I was at the library and it was really down. It was a really sad time in my life. I just lost my brother. I was really sad. And I saw this book and the cover was a guy like in a dust jacket and standing on a building. It was Dark Side of the Moon by Sherlyn Kenyon. And I was like, this cover looks really cool. And I turned it over and it was talking about, you know, demons and, and darkness and fighting the world. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Fantasy, paranormal, I'll pick it up. So I started reading it. I was like, this is great. This is great. This is, I think <laughs> this is a romance novel. <laughs> yes, I love romance. And then I proceeded to visit the library so often that the security guards knew my name. Oh. <laughs> I had a shelf specifically for me because I would take out like 13 books at a time because this is when I didn't have kids and I worked at a museum and they were fine with us reading at work as long as we helped customers when they came in Mm -hmm. it was the best time of my life I got to read (laughs) at work it was wonderful and so I would check out like 13 books they would have a separate shelf for me I'd come in and you know Sam would be like hey Mariah getting books today I'm like sure I am got my little tote bag and I devoured the entire romance section of the library and then I just started like buying all the library of all the romance books I could I would tell everyone to get me like Barnes and Noble gift cards I would go to you know the secondhand shops the library sales and I just I fell in love and then I realized that my own writing while I started out writing fantasy it always had like a really heavy love story in it I was like I bet I could write a romance I could do that so I like switched gears and started writing romance and just like I've never looked back never looked back it's a great origin story I love that I, you know, I am one that has been reading romance since I was young. I picked up my mother's. Um, and so, you know, I've always read it. Now I've stepped away and I read the YA. I did the fantasy and the um, post-apocalyptic, you know, type reads and stuff like that. Um, but at the end of the day, my heart is owned by romance. But I also like it when people come into romance later like they found this journey it led them to the genre because sometimes I feel like I missed out on that discovery of what an amazing genre it is because it's it's what I knew it's all I knew so my mother Mm -hmm. read so it's what I read so I think there's like power in this discovery and excitement of what is this who's been sleeping on these books why am I not reading (laughs) them that was my thought. I'm like, how did I miss that? Oh, I missed it because society's like, 
eh, romance it's trashy and I was like okay let me just eat all the sho- stuff you're shoving down my throat I'll agree with you even though I've never read a single one yeah I have so many thoughts on romance and society my current is the muted covers is my current like I, I get it. Like people have explained it to me in situations that I understand why it's necessary for some people. And I'm not a paperback reader. I'm an ebook. 99% of what I consume is an ebook. Nobody ever sees my covers. Nobody sees what I'm reading. They just see that I'm reading. Um, and so the, the keep seems to be a current topic that comes up often now is do you want chests or do you want the muted covers? And I want the chests. I, I like mean, chest. I like I, a chest too. I very much like chests. <laughs> you do, yes. and you do chests so well. <laughs> like I, I don't. I mean, I like an illustrated cover. I don't mind those. Um, I have way more than probably should be necessary for someone who never reads the physical paperbacks. I only buy them as decor because they're pretty, and I must own them. <laughs> well, because a cracked spine is stressful. <laughs> for Leah, it doesn't bug me as much as it bugs. I crack my spines. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, I used do. to. I used to. But I don't. I used to crack it. the crap out of them. But now, like, now I just can't. I can't do it. <laughs> so one of the things that we know about you is that you are a serious plotter. Yes. Like serious plotter. Hard. Like plotter, plotter plus. Yes. So, and, and I'm curious because one of the things that we want to talk to you about a little bit, and you've been very open about it in your own struggles in your journey of being an author who has uh, dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And so does plotting kind of come into play with that? Is that what developed it? Was the need for the structure to help with your writing? Or do you just like that control aspect of the story? Yeah, you don't have to be deep. You can just be like, I I like like the control control aspect. Well, my (laughs) first book that I wrote, it took me a full year to write it because I did the write every day advice. And so I would sit at my computer and write a sentence and be like, look, I wrote today, write every day. And I know that works great for some people. And that is Mm -hmm. awesome. If write every day works for you, that's great. It didn't work for me. It was not working for me. Um, So I was like, you know what? My next book, I'm going to try and plot it. And so I plotted out the book beforehand and I wrote it in six weeks. And I was like, whoa, what? What is this magic I have discovered? (laughs) So I discovered that, and it's probably connected both to my uh, dyslexia and my OCD, which comes with a hefty dose of anxiety. Yay. (laughs) Um, It's like a triple threat. It is a triple threat. Um, I need to give myself deadlines. Like even if I have a deadline from my publisher, I will give myself a pretend deadline a couple, like a week or two ahead of time Mm -hmm. um, because I also live with chronic illness and I know that I will have days where my brain's not working or my body's not working and I just can't do things. So I build in what I like to call buffer days. So I can't just like sit down and free write. That does not work for me. I have to have a schedule. My, my brain needs a schedule to stay on track. So that's why I started plotting because I can go to my calendar and be like, okay, here's when my deadline is for my publisher. So 
backtrack at two weeks. Here's when my deadline is. This is my deadline. This is the deadline I'm going to reach. How many days do I have? I have that many days. Okay, that means I have to write uh, this many chapters a day because I like to write not by word count, but by chapter. So mm-hmm. I'll usually do a chapter a day. I take the weekends off to give myself a break and give myself time with my family. And I will build it in so that I have that two weeks so that if I don't hit that two week deadline, the, the two weeks beforehand, I have that buffer mm-hmm. of two weeks. So I'm aiming for that first goal, but if I miss it, it's okay. I can give myself a break and hit that second goal. And the outlining just really helps because I have the whole story down. Like I plot scene by scene, like entire pages of the book. And I think actually I have one right here. I will buy my, you know, big spiral notebooks and, and I will just plot out every single scene, just handwrite it, including dialogue. And I will have all of that done before I even sit at the computer so that every day, the night before I can look over it and be like, okay, here's the scene I'm writing tomorrow, the people in it, uh, the beats that are going to happen in it. And here's some dialogue for it. So I can think of that the night before. And then the next morning I sit at the computer and I can power it out and get it down. And I found that plotting really helps a lot with that. It keeps me on track. It uh, keeps my anxiety in check. Um, it helps so that my brain isn't, you know, flipping things and flipping ideas. It's all down for me so that I can just, boom, go do it. That's just what works for me, though. So then mm-hmm. do you write chronologically then? So like you write yes. chapter one first and then move mm-hmm. to chapter two. Mm-hmm. So you write chronologically because I do. I do know that we've talked to different plotters who will be like, OK, well, this section isn't coming together the way I want it. But I know that this section is. So they'll go ahead and write this section and then come back and maybe have to replot the middle section or something. So I just curious how um, doing it chronologically, though, I guess it would make more sense if you're such a heavy plotter because it's I there. The, yeah. The only time, the only scenes that I don't heavy plot and that I sometimes write out of order are the spicy scenes. Mm-hmm. It's really funny because you'll look in my book and everything will be perfect, perfect. And then you'll come to one page that just says, smexy scene. <laughs> <laughs> my friend's dad was over once um, and he was looking at my notebook because he's a, he's a professor. Um, and so he was, you know, wondering how he's like, oh, how's this writing stuff work? And he's like, can I look at your notebook? I'm like, sure. And he's flipping the pages. He's like, yeah, you're very detailed. You're very, oh, okay. <laughs> that I was like, oh yeah, that part's not detailed. We just get a martini and we go. Yep. <laughs> Those are like the only scenes I still write at night. Cause I like, I get my martini. I'm like, you know, maybe a general overview of what's happening in the emotions happen. Yeah, the ambiance. But yeah, like those scenes I will write out of order, but really only those. But I have been known to like go back and switch a scene if it's like, oh, this scene doesn't belong here. It needs to go over here. Like obviously Mm -hmm. that happens and editing. That's just part of the editing process and moving and yeah. Um you love a slow burn though, sister. But they, but they're not a bothersome slow burn. No, I'm not mad Becky at you are, about your slow burns. Like Becky I'm never not mad. big fans of the slow burn, but your slow burns, they're so funny that I don't, it doesn't buck me that it's a slow burn. Like, cause, cause I, I laugh so hard, like during both of these mile high firefighter books, which is such, 
so funny and like almost like out there plot points that happen, but it's like, I can totally imagine this happening to people that I know. <laughs> I think, and we'll, and we'll get to that a little bit, but I think one of the best things in this book is her inner dialogue that's not so inner dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her blurting things out loud. Well, and then she's like, did I say that one out loud? There were so many more too. Like, I swear every single edit, my editor was like, okay, Mariah, there's too many. There's too many. She sounds like she's out of her mind. You need to bring bring some of them back. I'm like, all right, taking some of them away. So yeah, there were so many more <laughs> in the first draft of her just saying things out loud, which she's... I will not confirm or deny that that is something I do. Um, <laughs> I have no filter, so I can relate. I can relate. Like... I just say it. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, firefighters. Are you a little in love with firefighters? I do love firefighters. I do love them. Oh, they're they're just they're so great and helpful and wonderful. And I, th I have friends who are firefighters, and they're just so awesome. And it's such a hard job, yeah. like, and. And they do more than just like fight fires. I don't think people mm -hmm. realize that firefighters, they have to have EMT training. They do, you know, safety inspections, obviously. They they help come to emergency calls, like all kinds of emergency calls. Right. They're, you know, they're just great. And they make those sexy calendars. So, you know. Right. <laughs> I do I have to say, though, I live near a fire department because of like <laughs> where my small town is and I don't often come across any firefighters that look like um, Kincaid or Dyson. You got to come to the city. We got. Whew, it's true. I do not in live in Denver. I don't live in the city. So mm. that could be the problem. We got I live some in a tiny, looking firefighters. I live in a <laughs> tiny town. It's all volunteers. It's, uh oh. Now ours are a paid group, but I think that our fire force is maybe aging a little bit. Like it might be time for some retiring bring in some younger the silver foxes some stern brunch daddies there but i love sure. those firefighters on tiktok that do that like there's the sexy firefighter video and then it cuts to the guy and he's like we don't look like that put the lighter down ma'am yes oh my gosh <laughs> last um last i think it was last fall or summer where the one where the lady is like across the street from the Ladies. fire department yes. and she lights her yard on fire and the fire department is just like there's no open burning like like man you can't do that and she's just like okay but she's still doing it she's like sure okay buddies i think one of the great things that lends firefighters to romance is their schedule so they basically live with these guys a lot of fire departments are on 24 off 48 mm -hmm. um and so they live with the same you know squad group of guys together in the firehouse um and so it makes for an interesting interesting dynamic in a romance because like we've had a great date but i can't see you tomorrow i have to go to work yeah so it adds just a little bit of real life angst without it being angsty you know or time leaps because they have to be a part. There's, natu there's natural. Really helps leaps. with that slow burn because mm -hmm. they yeah. have to be together. 
That's true. It does. Yeah. That's true. I wonder if a lot more firefighter romances are slow burns. Mm, I guess we'll have to not read all more. of them. I mean, actually, I think that all the ones that I've read have been. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Hmm. Gotta build that anticipation. I may have to do some more research. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> sad about this at all. <laughs> I'm not sad about that at all. Okay, so Dating Dilemma releases on January 24th. It is mm -hmm. right the 24th. Yes. Uh -huh. It is book two in the Mile High Firefighter series. So set this one up for us it's a fake dating trope yes so give us yes. the blurb the synopsis so, um so it is a fake dating trope so um lexi works at the denver youth center and dick. it is her birthday yes dick dick <laughs> very very maturely called dick by all the uh kids that go there um and uh she it's going to be her birthday and her roommate said that he was going to send her something special lo and behold her volunteer says there's a sexy firefighter here for you she's like oh boy did my roommate send me a stripogram so in comes the sexy firefighter and then she proceeds to tell him to take his pants off and he's like excuse me she's like oh do you need music for this or something i've never gotten this before and he's like ma'am who do you think i am and she's like aren't you a stripogram he's like no I am here for the safety inspection, which they then proceed to fail. <laughs> and somehow that ends up being them fake dating to get his sisters off his back because they're like signing him up for dating apps and trying to put him on blind dates because they love him. They want him to mm -hmm. be happy, but he had a really bad failed relationship. And so he's like, oh, no, I need a fake girlfriend. Can you be my fake girlfriend? She's like, sure, why not? And, and then, then they're going to be, Yeah so well, you funny have to convince everyone and then you know his buddies at the fire department are like yeah right you are one date dyson one night o'neill you can't we bet you can't do this and then diaz and ward get on a bet against him and just hilarity ensues it's mm -hmm. so fun it is so fun i love it um but i do dyson's sisters are a hoot are, are we getting books from them are we gonna get stories for them maybe okay we we might get dyson sister stories i don't know we'll have to see hmm i would okay. like to see more of them do, do we need to like you know i will email your publisher and be like hello Liz. it is becky can we please have these these, these are things that we need we need dyson sisters do. <laughs> i do love them they're so great. And I think that their love stories would be so amazing because I think they would get as good as they give. So yes, they need they need a little retribution, a little big brother meddling, I think, Maybe. in their love lives. It's true. They were so funny. I mean, guys, I'm telling you, if you have not pre-ordered this book, um, so this episode drops on the 23rd, make sure you pick this book up, um, pre-order it. It's so funny. <clears throat> I haven't laughed that hard in a book in a long time. I was like, it was Thank so you. funny. Um, so after Dating Dilemma, what's next? Firefighter's Dilemma, which is Ward and Diaz. Oh, so they're going to kind of have a little bit of an enemies to lovers vibe mm -hmm. for them. Yes. Because, well, I guess they're more adversaries than they are enemies. They're what I love to call frenemies to lovers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. 
There's going to be so much spark. So much mm-hmm. spark. Okay. And cave sex. What? What sex? <laughs> cave sex. Cave. I'm just going to drop that out there for everyone. Cave for Ward and Diaz's. Are they going to be like stuck on a deserted island? Or in a wildfire in the mountains. Okay, so here's a funny about story about caves. So we're at our local Kroger. You'll appreciate this. We're at our local Kroger, and they had this special edition cave cheese. It is cheese that had been aged in a cave for 10 years. And they were selling it. And so I have my girl child who's obsessed with cheese. Obsessed. And so my husband was like, well, let's buy her some cave cheese. She's now obsessed with cave cheese, and I have found, like, two other varieties of cave cheese. Sounds delicious. I'd try it. Right? I'm like, because, you know, we don't like chicken nuggets, but we'll eat cheese that lived in a cave with bats. (laughs) Wow. When you say it like that, that just makes it gross. (laughs) I'm just. I'm sure there was some kind of covering over it so the guano didn't get on it. I'm sure, but it's weird. But now I'm interested about cave sex. Let's see how fun. that goes. Bonkers. I'd like to read that. Um, okay, well, we... Um, Leah, do you have any other questions? I, it's so, no, I, I do not. It's so easy to talk to you, Mariah. I'm like, look, we didn't... <laughs> she's like in it, on it. Um <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you and are always happy to have you along. I'm always like... Thank you for having me. I love coming on. (laughs) Um, And we will hopefully talk to you um, with the next book and then we'll see you in the fall for Readathon. Yes. Thank you, Mariah. Thank you so much. is always delightful to talk to Mariah. I just love her. She's so fun. And if you are not following her on TikTok and other social media, you totally should because her TikToks make my day happy. They do make my day happy. And also sometimes she talks about stuff and you like if you do things for her, she'll dye her hair specific colors. Oh shoot, we forgot to ask her about her hair color journey. We did. (laughs) I just thought of that. Damn. Next time. Next time. Okay. So here we are. It is time for oh, book, book, book of, of the, the week. week. Okay. You know, three weeks into the new year. Still no yeah. echo. <coughs> I think we are wishful thinking there. It's I think we happening. are. It's fine. Okay. So Becky, what was your book of the week? So my book of the week was Heartless Sinner by Erica Wilde. It is a mafia romance. It's a marriage of convenience. It is a super sexy read and releases on January the 18th. So it will have released the Tuesday previous to this episode. It is book one in the Made for the Mafia series. So it's actually kind of a different take on marriage of convenience and mafia, mm-hmm. which I really found to be like super delightful. Um, the main, the hero Vincent is heir apparent to a large successful mafia family. Like his father is the head of all the families and um, he's in his mid thirties and his dad has um, decided that it's time to find a wife. Like he decreed you need to find a wife or people are going to start talking. Why aren't you married? 
Mm. Is there something wrong with you? <clears throat> anyway. Um, so that's Vincent. Marla is the daughter of a lower level family within their organization. Um, she actually goes to Vincent to ask for help to find out who murdered her brother. And Vincent says he'll help her if she marries him. Now, have they met previously? No. Um, maybe like in passing in passing. He knows of her. She obviously knows of him. It's really interesting because she her goal has always been to leave the mafia world. And here she is agreeing to marry the guy that's going to soon be the head of the whole organization. So that's not leaving. I am intrigued by this. I may have to read this. It was super sexy, super flirty. And um, yeah, like steam level four and a half. And I don't think it popped full actual like penetration. It didn't pop to like in the 50s. But there's enough buildup that I said it popped at like 24. Nice. Yeah, so, so good. Okay, Leah, what was your book of the week? Okay, so my book of the week is Kai by Nissa Catherine. It's book eight in the final book in her Project Arma series. (coughs) So this was her debut series, and it's just about a year old. And it's a suspense series, but it takes a different take on it because this whole Project Arma like background is this um, special project where they alter the DNA of these military people. So they're like super, they have super strength, super like hearing, super, they run super fast. Like it's really like, it has this scientific element to it, but they have, in the first book they've discovered that like they are being created to be used as like killing machines and not for good, like they thought it was. And so the whole series is basically finding the people who created this project armor and get rid of them. But so it kind of has a, a science fiction element to it. Somewhat. Yeah. Um, because the different, there's the different heroines <clears throat> throughout the series, like this final book, the heroine, has created this microchip that people can control with their voices. And it like stops like they're like it, they say a command and they do whatever this person wants them to do because the microchip inside of them tells them to do it. It's actually really interesting though. Um, But this is the final book in it. And I've been really looking forward to it, but it kind of sets up the next spinoff series also, which I'm excited for. But yeah, so, but this was her debut series and it reads, it does not read like a debut author, like from book one to book eight, like she, she has, she is a structurally sound and well, like developed author. Interesting. But yeah, it's very good. Um, so we have our discord (laughs) book discussion still happening every other week. Mm -hmm. Um, so we just got done with sleek kitten in discord, but it was very well good discussion too it was and it was really great to catch up with sj tilly and kind of learn about her and her process and she's only been publishing since um the beginning of the year of 2021 like she's Mm -hmm. pretty new to the world and so it's been it was really interesting um but for our next one we're discussing rushed by aurora rose reynolds on wednesday january the 26th in the discord channel and you can find details on our website 
Mm -hmm. And that book, if you would like to join in, is in Kindle Unlimited. So yeah, it's very good too. So you should read it. (laughs) Just read it because we told you to. So we also are doing another quick shot of romance buddy read. And so February's buddy read edition of the quick shot is Welcome to the Dark Side by Gianna Darling. So if you would like us to talk out a question that you have, let us know. You can find details on our website on how to submit comments, voice memos, or thoughts on the book. So if you have a thought or a personal like opinion about the book that you want us to share, let us know and we will do that in the quick shot. Um, drunk book club, uh, for February is we, we have a pick. We have we a do pick. have a pick and you're uh, very excited about this. I'm not sad about this pick at all. <clears throat> um, this is my number one all time forever and ever and ever book boyfriend. I'm surprised that he surpasses wild. Like, honestly, it's a tie, but he does because he does some pretty thoughtful things that make me love him even more. So um, February's Drunk Book Club pick is To Love Jason Thorne by Ella Mays. Um, Our theme for February was A Marriage of Convenience, and this is a Hollywood normative brother's best friend romance. Um, And February's Drunk Book Club is happening on February the 19th. If you would like details on how to join us for book club, you can find those on our website. And we also Mm -hmm. shared a new logo, so make sure you check out our website and see our new Drunk Book Club logo. It's very fancy. It is fancy. Oh, and I should share, we asked some of our Drunk Book Club members for their thoughts and reviews on Drunk Book Club. And Jenna says, I love the instant connection you have with other members because of your love of reading romance books. My girls' night out, in quotes, um, over Zoom is always fun and filled with great conversations. And we're just coming off of January's Drunk Book Club, and it was so wonderful. It was, it was, it was a good time. It was a great time. So, um, we would love to have you join us. So just send us a message and we will get you details. Mm -hmm. So we are breaking up our reading challenges for 2022. So instead of a year long challenge, we will host three big challenges throughout the year. And first up is the new to you author challenge. Then we are going to give you the anticipated much anticipated summer reading challenge it's not going to be like last year but it will be a lot of fun and then we will also again give you the clear the tbr challenge which is kind of an oxymoron if you think I heard it, it wasn't overly successful it wasn't we did overly clear, clearing like, we cleared 281 <laughs> books off of other people's tbrs total but we probably added like 572 books to everybody's tbrs also so I can't be held responsible. No, because I mean, you listen to us to get more book wrecks. Right. So if anybody's at fault, it's you. But keep listening. <laughs> Don't stop. But it's no, it's our fault. But you're welcome, is all I have to say. Um, but we will likely sprinkle in some smaller challenges throughout the year, also, especially if Becky is left unsupervised, because you know what happens. It's clear the TBR challenge happens if Becky's left unsupervised, but it was a success and people loved it. And they do like to complain that we gave them more books than they took off, but they keep coming back because apparently they like us. We give good book recs. We do. Um, We do give good book recs. So if you are listening on our (laughs) drop weekend, which is the 23rd, 
we are currently hosting a giveaway for this week. Um, mm-hmm. We are giving away an e-copy of E.H. Lyons' latest release, Something Right. It's a new small town romance. It's a story about brothers that own a winery. Um, and you can find details on our on the shelf show notes or on Instagram on how to enter to win a chance at something right by E.H. Lyon. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> you can find all of our events that we have upcoming listed on our website at bookcasingcoffee.com. Oh, I forgot my line. Events. It's okay. I'll take care of that. Um, so if you want to be in the know of what's coming up, just check out the website. <clears throat> yeah, it's a nice centralized place. I put all the links to come to all the different things and reminders and events. And you can also sign up for event reminders. And I will email you a couple days before the event to let you know. Another great way to find out all the things we are up to is subscribe to our newsletter, friends. Mm -hmm. subscribe to our newsletter because not only do we get book money away in our newsletters but we also we also have some upcoming fun events where we might be gifting some book boyfriends Mm -hmm. and you're gonna only find out about that stuff in the newsletter if you're reading our newsletter Mm -hmm. so make sure you read our newsletter sign up for it on the website um Do you have a topic you think we should talk about? We are always looking for new episode ideas and we would love to hear from you. Um, This, you can be an author and send us your ideas. You can just be a listener and want to know something industry-wide that you'd like us to talk about. Um, Just send us an email at thebees at bookcaseandcoffee.com and we will throw the suggestion into the hopper. And we're up for pretty much anything. So if you've got an idea, send it our way. Mm -hmm. There's not much we say no to. There's really not. Nothing's off limits. Um, Anyway, what are we talking about next time, Leah? So next time, I know I'm so excited because next up on the podcast, we are joined by one of my all-time favorite authors. And I am beyond like excited about this, but Susan Stoker is coming onto the podcast and we are going to talk all of her military romances, her suspense and all things about her alpha heroes and like how she can just manage the, the, the writing that she does in her schedule. And I just am so excited. Like I am beside myself that she is coming on. I'm interested. She's going to have to be a plotter with as many books as she puts out and as many series as she has and as many characters as she's got to keep track of that or she has mm-hmm. one well, heck of a series a lot of Bible. Overlap. There's a lot of overlap with her series too. And like she, she ages, like they age well, like there's not so baby a math of, like, is not hard for her. I, I don't know. We'll have to I'm see. curious. We have to ask all the questions. We'll ask all the questions I, next time. I will try. I will try and keep the fangirling to a minimum, but I cannot guarantee anything. You're so funny. Because I am so excited about this interview. Like I get excited about some interviews, but this one, like this is probably one of like my top like two, maybe top one. <laughs> That's so excited. awesome. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's going to be great fun. So um, until next time, everyone. Happy reading, everybody. Find us on Instagram at Buzzing About Romance or on Twitter at Buzzing Romance. 
If you like the podcast, please leave a review. If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.